0: k
1: News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top stories: The MTR welcomes a government decision to bring in the police to investigate possible shoddy work on the shot to Central Link. Beijing retaliates after the U.S. imposes a 25% tariff on Chinese imports. And Harvard University is sued for allegedly discriminating against Asian Americans. The chairman of the MTR Corporation, Frederick Ma, says he welcomes the highway department's decision to bring in the police following accusations of shoddy work at its Hongham station extension for the shot into central link. It's alleged some supporting metal bars on a platform had been cut short to give the impression they'd been screwed into place correctly. Mr. Ma also says some contractors have been reluctant to divulge all information to the railway company. Priscilla Ng reports.
0: The highways department said on Friday that it has made a report to the police after it suspected criminal behavior in relation to allegations targeting the main contractor, Leighton. The move came after the MTR Corporation submitted a report to the government highlighting conflicting accounts of the incident from Leighton and two subcontractors, China Technology and Fan Sheng. Speaking on a radio program, Frederick Ma welcomed the department's decision, saying an investigation by the police would help get to the bottom of what actually happened. He admitted that the railway company's hands are tied when it comes to conducting its own investigation because its contractors and subcontractors aren't always willing to divulge all information due to legal considerations. The MTR chief added that the company's CEO, Lincoln Lung, only knew about the alleged substandard work in May after the media reported on it. Mr. Ma said the situation is undesirable and the railway firm will consider how best to improve its reporting mechanism. The railway head also apologized for a controversial remark he made last month, telling journalists to trust the MTR because it would be meaningless to give them more information since they weren't experts. Mr. Ma stressed he understands transparency is of paramount importance and reassured members of the public that the railway company will release as much information as it can. Mr. Ma and his team refused to take reporters' questions after attending the radio program.
1: China has retaliated after President Trump imposed a 25% tariff on 50 billion U.S. dollars of Chinese imports, claiming theft by Beijing of U.S. intellectual property. Beijing hit back with a 25% tariff on over 600 American items, including agricultural products and vehicles. Both sets of tariffs will come into effect on July 6th. The BBC's Nick Bryant reports. Claiming that the United States had launched a trade war, Beijing reacted by imposing tit-for-tat tariffs and noted that in the face of what it called America's malicious, harmful and short-sighted conduct, it had to impose powerful countermeasures. Amid fears of a trade war between the world's biggest two economies, business leaders in America have expressed concern. The US Chamber of Commerce said this was not the right approach. Meanwhile, China says it will apply temporary anti-dumping measures to the import of hydroiodic acid products from Japan and the United States. The Chinese Ministry of Commerce said preliminary results of its investigation showed that the imported products had harmed the domestic industry. A group of students in the United States has sued Harvard University for allegedly discriminating against Asian Americans in its admissions policy. The BBC's Marcus Herbe reports. The group Students for Fair Admissions says Harvard has allowed race to become a dominant factor in considering applicants. This policy has had a negative effect on Asian Americans who, they say, score higher than other ethnic groups on admissions criteria such as grades and test results. They say that Harvard itself came to the same conclusion in its own research in 2013, but buried the report. The university denies the allegations and says the percentage of Asian Americans it has admitted has actually grown by almost 30% over the past decade. The health secretary, Sophia Chan, says the government still has a long term goal of creating a smoke free Hong Kong. Talking after a radio program, Professor Chan said a government decision to regulate e cigarettes rather than opt for a ban was pragmatic. However, she said the government will continue to monitor the situation and strengthen measures when necessary. Professor Chan was asked when Hong Kong will be smoke-free.
0: It is very difficult to actually project in this particular instance as to the number of years. But this is towards uh, endgame and also towards a smoke-free Hong Kong is definitely our long-term goal. So therefore, we will have a plan in terms of the different measure of tobacco control.
1: You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Traffic in the Wan area came to a standstill for around an hour this morning following a water main burst. All four lanes on the Yuk, Young Oak Road had to be closed off at one point after gushing water damaged up to three vehicles. The Transport Department says traffic has now resumed and believes the main burst was caused by roadworks in the area. The police commissioner, Stephen Lowe, has warned organizers of the annual July 1st march against beginning their rally on East Point Road in Causeway Bay, citing safety concerns. The Civil Human Rights Front had planned to start the march in the prime shopping area after the Leisure and Cultural Services Department earlier rejected its application to use the Victoria Park soccer pitches, allowing instead a pro-Beijing association to hold an event on the site. But Stephen Lowe said using East Point Road as a starting point could pose safety problems and called on protesters to gather at the lawn of Victoria Park instead. Experience tells that in the past 10 or 20 years, the procession always starts from Victoria Park. We have uh, ample uh, evidence and also experience to prove that in order to ensure public safety and public order, the best rendezvous point is Victoria Park. Because East Point Road it's narrow and there are a lot of vehicles, a lot of pedestrians, so it is not a suitable place for a large-scale public order event to commence there. The France deputy convener Aoun Chin stressed the lawn is not an ideal starting point and will continue to consider the different options. Liberal Party Leader Felix Jung says Lechko President Andrew Lung could have allowed lawmakers more time to discuss the controversial express rail co-location bill, which was passed by the council on Thursday. Yesterday, the opposition camp said it planned a motion of no confidence against Mr. Lung, accusing him of bulldozing the bill through Lechko by putting a cap on the debate time and throwing out more than fifty amendments from pro democracy lawmakers. He also barred evicted legislators from rejoining the meeting the following day. Mr. Jung said while the pro-establishment camp does not support the no-confidence motion, he agrees that Andrew Lang could have been more lenient towards councillors. I believe that he should have uh, given another maybe eight hours for everybody to, uh, to express the view on the second reading. That, Especially, uh, first, not everybody is going to, to speak. The other thing is not everybody will use up or the 15 minutes. So if he is giving out another eight hours, I, I believe that eventually only maybe three, four hours is spent on the second reading. So, that in that particular part, I think there that, that should be an improvement. In that. The bill allows part of the express rail terminus at West Kowloon to become mainland territory for customs purposes. The PAN Democrats say this is against the basic law, but the government says it is legal and points to a similar arrangement at Shenzhen Bay port where there's a Hong Kong customs post on mainland territory. Meanwhile, the Civic Party leader Alvin Young has said the debate over Mr. Leung's performance will put pressure on the LegCo president, even though there's little chance of the no-confidence motion passing. I trust an open debate, uh, a platform where members could openly discuss and criticise Andrew Lang's performance over the past two weeks would create a certain degree of pressure on him so that he would know in the future times he would not be able to do whatever he wants and he has to stick to the rules and procedures. Sport in the most gripping match so far at the Football World Cup in Russia. Spain have drawn 3 all with Portugal. The BBC's Alex Kapstick has the details. A heavyweight clash at a World Cup doesn't always produce brilliance, but this one had it all. Spain's playmakers often ran rings around their opponents, but Portugal have Cristiano Ronaldo, and against many of his Real Madrid teammates, he scored a hat-trick, including a late equaliser from a beautifully struck free kick. Spain went into the match with a brand-new coach after Julian Lopetegu was sacked on the eve of the tournament. They displayed immense composure, twice coming from behind. In the other matches, Iran beat Morocco 1-0 and Uruguay got a late winner to defeat Egypt 1-0. Golf, Dustin Johnson took command of the U.S. Open, firing a three under par 67 at Shinecock Hills for a four-shot lead as the only player under par after 36 punishing holes. Johnson is four ahead of Americans Charlie Hoffman and Scott Piercy. To end the news, our top stories once again. The MTR welcomes a government decision to bring in the police to investigate possible shoddy work on the shot into Central Link. Beijing retaliates after the U.S. imposes a 25% tariff on Chinese imports and Harvard University is sued for allegedly discriminating against Asian Americans. The news from RTHK. Radio And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Hamdé, in the chair for the next two hours. This week we have two musical themes of note. First, our mini musical tribute to little known artiste, but inside Portugal, a huge iconic figure, Antonio Varia He passed away 44 years ago this Wednesday, 13th of June. And our featured album from Belgium's Axel Red. <laughs> We're still the belly button of the world. And we start off our first hour with our mini-musical tribute to the late uh, Antonio Variações, stage name for Antonio Ribeiro. He passed away 44 years ago on June 13th, 1984. And uh, he left a huge footprint in Portugal, practically unknown outside. But inside, he's an iconic figure. Uh, a f- uh, huge import, a culturally significant performing artist, and his recorded works are still being covered uh, and rediscovered up until today. More on that later. He left two albums only. Uh, they were recorded in the 1980s, and his second album, Dar e Receber, is uh, the one we have going to have a few samples from. It was released in May. Of 1984, just one month before he passed away, and he passed away, as I said, on the 13th of June. It's widely accepted in Portugal he was a homosexual and died of AIDS, although it's not yet been officially confirmed either by his.